Hello, and welcome to the Equus Film and Arts Fest podcast, the only program for horse lovers who have a fondness for horses in film, art, and literature. Each week, we will have interesting conversations with equestrian filmmakers, artists, and authors from around the world, discussing the nature and challenges, as well as the triumphs of creating their work. Ready to talk horses and film and the arts? Here's your host, Julianne Neal, along with Lisa Dearson, festival founder and director. I'm Lisa Dearson, founder of the Equus Film and Arts Festival, and I'd like to welcome you to our new podcast. Your host, Julianne Neal, and I will be introducing you to all of our Equus Film Festival filmmakers, artists, and authors, as well as some of the music that's now part of the festival. We hope you enjoy it and look forward to bringing you something new and interesting every week. Julianne, take it away. Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Equus Film and Arts Fest podcast. Hi, Julianne. I feel like we should have some champagne to host this. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. New Year's Eve. Exactly. I mean, we've been planning this for a while, and I'm really happy that the time's finally here, and it's perfect timing, a new venture and new year and everything else. So, yes, champagne for all. It's a great way to kick it off. Definitely, definitely. We've got so much going on. This was a really special year for the festival and and to be able to be in a new location and everything else. I know you're going to talk about that a little bit, but we have so many people that know the story of how the festival started. But for all of those people, there are probably hundreds more who don't know. So are you willing to talk a little bit about the beginning, the early days? Sure, sure. It just started with the, with a little thought a little idea and a friend of mine Rupert Isaacson who had a little documentary called The Horse Boy and I felt after seeing that documentary which is about autism and children and horses and how horses heal that everybody in the world should see that documentary Mm -hmm. so I had Rupert coming into town to do a little event for me Um, a horse event. And this was in Chicago, right? This is outside of Chicago in a little town called St. Charles, Illinois, where I live. And so I asked a friend of mine who owns a theater if I could screen Rupert's film when he was in town. And Ron Onesti, who owns the theater, it's called the Arcata. It's a beautiful theater. You were there last year. Yes, for Pony and His Boy. Yep, in St. Charles. It's just a gorgeous old theater. Mm -hmm. And Ron said, sure, I'll let you screen the film there. And I said, well, Ron, what if I got a few more films? And he (laughs) said, okay, I'll get you a projectionist. And that's how the Equus Film Festival got started. We had 30 films the first year. Um all sorts of documentaries for everything from um, Escaramusa, which is young girls, um, Hispanic girls riding their unbelievably beautiful horses uh, Mm. to uh, Rupert's film. And we had a film about the farmer and his horse. And we had a, a really interesting Native American film called Silent Thunder. And we had the black rodeo which was just an amazing documentary so we had all different kinds of films we had seven clinics with buck brannerman and 
it, it was just a really great kind of eclectic collection of films that came in the first year. So it it seemed like it was an okay idea. People seemed to like it, and we seemed to have had a, a pretty good in, interest in the film, so much so that a group from the Netherlands reached out to, to me to see, you know, if I would be interested in joining their platform and doing some stuff with them. And that didn't end up working out. But one of the questions they did ask me is if you were ever to take the festival anywhere in the United States that you know, we get a lot of international attention and get international filmmakers to want to come because a lot of our filmmakers are from out of the country. Right, right. Where would that be? And I said, well, it wouldn't be in Chicago. Chicago's great, but to get people from out of the country to want to come in, it, it needs to be in New York City. Mm-hmm. And so even though I didn't go ahead with them, I went ahead and moved the festival to New York for 2014 for the second year Mm. and um we were in new york for five five years now you started in harlem that year right we were in harlem one year we did the um middle uh, kind of uh, kind of the lower east side we did a little bit of the central area we we picked a few different places to be in every year um so we could kind of get you know take it around new york and get a different feel for the different kind of boroughs as they're called mm-hmm. and um when we were doing world equestrian games last year in 2019 um, or 18 laura um pruitt who is the director of the kentucky horse park came up to me and asked me if i would be interested in having the film festival at the kentucky horse park and you know, of course, <laughs> where where is the, you know, kind of epicenter of all things horses in the United States right now? Absolutely. Horse capital <laughs> of the world. Right. I, I was a, I was a little concerned that I might, you know, lose a little bit of the interest from our international filmmakers by moving to the horse park because, it, you know, it just isn't New York City. But mm-hmm. we had a 50% increase in filmmaker attendance this year and a 70% increase in artists and authors who joined us at the Kentucky Horse Park. So the venue is is absolutely perfect for the festival. Um, There's Mm -hmm. no better place to really host it than in kind of the horse capital of the world and the Wrigley Media Group Theaters we're beautiful. We're partners with Wrigley Media Group, and um, they had just rehabbed, and we did a big ribbon cutting in June of last year. They rehabbed the theaters that are in the horse park, and they're just gorgeous theaters, nice sound, nice um, screens, nice projector, everything. Oh, yeah. is, it's top of the you know, line for sure. Right. And, to, and and so we were able to, you know, utilize both theaters and we utilized the um, International Museum of the Horse and had some of our panels and um, our artists and our authors staged in the, in the museum. Mm-hmm. And that was just, you know, so fun and so into such an interesting place to have have the venue. Um Definitely. You know, with the art, with, especially for the artist and the authors, because it, 
the museum is just such a wonderful collection of everything, you know, historically with the horse that, um, you know, it, it just couldn't, everything played out just beautifully there. So it really did. Well, I know the first year that Bruce and I came, my partner, Bruce Anderson, and I, and I came in 2015. And I think that was when you were down in the East village at, and mm-hmm. the pop-up gallery was over at the Ukrainian um, center. And I remember just thinking what a wonderful group of people. And at that point you did have authors and artists and, and filmmakers and all involved. And I know Diana DeRosa was doing mm-hmm. the panels at that time and so yeah. as you've always had panels and things, but this year it just seemed to really blossom and take off. How did that happen? We didn't bring the panels in until um, actually until 2014 or 15. Actually, mm-hmm. 2015 was the first year we brought panels in and that we opened up to authors and artists. We had one one author in 2014 with never say nay <laughs> with a <laughs> little horse. That was and, a great uh, idea. Yeah, it was a really cute book, but it, the author portion really didn't kick off until that year, until that 2015 year. And I think we had six authors with us at up in the Ukrainian village. It, we had um, the smoke, the donkey, and we yes. had Harvey was there. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, a, you know, it was a nice, nice um, group of authors and artists. But this year, I think we had total 19 authors and probably 13 artists that were. That's amazing. You know, and we did a, an, a private invite to the artists. We, we did a selected artist um, portion of the festival this year. And so they weren't really in competition, but the authors were, were in competition and were able to win winnies for their their work. We had authors, artists, though, from around the world. Mm-hmm. Our, and beautiful work, beautiful Oh, my work. gosh, yeah. Our um, main artist this year, our official artist for the festival is Karen Silas. And her her work, she came in from Portugal, mm. is just breathtaking, so... Well, I'm pretty excited because that's one of the pieces that we're Bruce and I host the tour stop that comes along in in April in Camden, and we're hoping to have that on a billboard. So I think that's going to be lovely. I think she'll be pretty excited to see that too. Oh, definitely. And like you said, I mean, the backdrop there at the International Museum of the Horse, there's already you know beautiful stuff in there. But then you brought in exhibits that were related to the films and that sort of thing too, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the museum invited uh, Bernice Endy, who is laid the lady long rider. She's mm. the subject of a new documentary that will be part of next year's film festival. We had a short um, trailer to it this year, but uh, she's ridden 30,000 miles, I think, in the last 20 years. What an interesting, interesting human being she is. And mm-hmm. they had a, a exhibit with her saddles and her hats and all different kinds of gear she uses when she's on the road with her two horses and dog. And then we had um, a beautiful display from the Gobi Gallop that Julie Vilu sent one of her saddles from Mongolia oh. to be on display. So that was really pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and some of those folks were also part of panel discussions this year. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Bernice was like a rock star. I mean, when she came oh, yeah. in, everybody was like following her around. She's very interesting. So, yeah. Definitely. Well, we're going to have her. Um, we're doing the Art of the Cowgirl in January, January 24th through the 26th out in Phoenix, Arizona. And oh, gosh. Bernice is going to be one of their guests uh-huh. at Art of the Cowgirl. And we're going to be showing some a small collection of our cowgirl movies. Um, and then next year we'll be doing a much bigger presence at the art of the cowgirl show uh, will ha- actually be screening full documentaries um f- focus more on the women women and horses hi this is lisa dearson please be sure to tune in next week when julianne and i have another interesting conversation with one of our equus film and arts fest filmmakers artists or authors So you do have documentaries, you have feature films, um, you have music videos. How did you decide which categories to list and, and what to do? How did, how did all that come about from the beginning? Well, it, it kind of self-evolved. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in you know, letting things kind of guide you. And the way we started to get films in, each one of them was so good in their own way. You really couldn't, you couldn't put an unbranded up against, you know, a, a film about horses that are healing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it gave us the, an ability to, you know, kind of have some different categories and be able to, you know, kind of appreciate and honor everybody who is, you know, who's involved in, in making films and whether it's commercial or a music video, those have as much merit and, and take pretty darn much as much work mm-hmm. as putting together, you know, a feature, a feature film. They're, you know, the commercials that we've had are just stunning that have been entered. So, mm-hmm. And then um, we get a, we get quite a few films that don't make it to be screened at the you know at our main event. So we kind of focus on screen screening the kind of the cream of the crop at the main festival. Mm-hmm. And then those are the ones the winnie winners then go on tour right each year. And so right. how how do you decide which tour stops to include? I mean, we've been all over the world basically with you since <laughs> 2015, but how you know, talk a little bit about the tour stops because those are exciting in and of themselves, aren't they? Well, I'm just getting ready to uh, put together the list that'll go out in a press release tomorrow on the tour stops that we've got planned for this year. And we're going to be again at the art of the cowgirl Mm -hmm. out in Phoenix, Arizona. And then we'll be, and that'll be in January. And then we're going to be in Camden, South Carolina in April 24th through the 26th. Then we go right the next weekend to Sedona, Arizona, that first weekend of May. Uh-huh. And then we go back down to Nashville, Tennessee to do the rendezvous with Gary Holt with his radio show is having that great rendezvous ride, which is going to be a blast. And we'll be showing 
some films and he's going to have some of our musicians and right, a right. whole bunch of fun people there. So it's Rendezvous 2020 and that's June 18th through the 20th. And that's in Tennessee? That's in Tennessee. Okay. And then the next weekend after that, we go back down to Lexington for the Mustang Heritage Foundation's um, Mustang Makeover. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the horse park for Briar Fest in July. then we then we're heading out to napa valley to tambor bay winery which is also an a horse rescue out there now when is that i'm getting my flight together for that (laughs) that's july 17th through the 19th that's wonderful and and then we come back to the horse park in september to do equitana right right And we're talking right now to the people at the new Fairhill five-star event that's going to be happening in um, Maryland. Mm. So we'll be doing that in October, and then we'll be doing our film festival again at the beginning of November, November 12th through the 15th. So the dates are confirmed. Pretty much so. Well, for right now, they're confirmed. Gotcha. Cool. And then um, we're we're working on fitting a date, couple of dates in there, one to the UK, and then uh, a few more people are talking to us. We've got a Canada trip that be that'll have to fit in there somewhere. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. I love taking the films around and letting people see them. That's it is exciting. And one of the things that I think is pretty special is the relationships that are made between the filmmakers and the authors and the artists and, you know, different people who come in contact with each other because of the festival, then go on to do projects together. And, um, you know, you mentioned the the musicians coming in for the Tennessee event. I noticed that Melody De Benedictus and, you know, different people that, that we've met at the other tour stops, then you see again. Nita mm-hmm. Ryan. Um, it's just, it's really exciting to see, see people. The herd continues to grow, doesn't it? It does. It does. And we have so many kind of like what I want to call repeat offenders. We have filmmakers <laughs> who've been back year after year after year and constantly, and especially you, <laughs> but we have a lot of filmmakers who just keep coming back and bringing in great content and that, you know, they love making new stuff every year. And right, right. it's, it's just, you know, it, it never ceases to amaze me. And every time you think, wow, well, I, that's it how can somebody else come up with something better with this, with films and something else comes in better the next year. Oh, absolutely. And there are always, always stories to be told. And Bruce and I both feel so blessed and lucky that, that we met you and became involved in, in all of this in the first place. So it's, it's been a wild ride for sure. It's been a lot of fun. Yes, definitely. Now, a lot of the films do seem to have a message um, and have you, you know, you have seemed to have taken on things, issues that are, are important in the horse world now, um, soaring for Tennessee mm-hmm. Walker show horses and, um, the horse slaughter issue and all that. Have you always felt the, the drive to, I don't know if you'd call yourself an activist or, or what, but have you always felt like that was something important to you to share? Well, I think it's important for all of us to do whatever we can do to stop what's happening to our horses, you know, and be a voice for the horses. The horses are, to me, my my family. I love my I love the horses, and 
they're just, you know, they, there's so many horrible things. I, I just posted up a posting today in Peru. They have a very big breeding farm down in a thoroughbred racehorse farm in Peru. Mm. And they do they, uh, quite a few of their stallions are back and forth between Kentucky and Peru, you know, improving their breeding stock. And I think it was one of Justified's siblings uh, were slaughtered. Somewhat, mm. they, a group came into the farm, pulled in, slaughtered these horses for meat. Gosh. They were there 11 hours. They locked up the staff that was there. Oh. And it, it's just absolutely, it's absolutely horrible. And so between that and nurse mare foals and PMU mares, and there's so many things out there that people need to be aware of that our horses, you know, have to face a little, you know, there's struggles that they have to, you know, that we have to help them with. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah. When you first, when we first talked about the spotlight rescue series, you had all of these different things, you know, going on and and you were mm -hmm. able to just send me this idea and that idea. And um, that series was something that was kind of special to me because my students became involved in helping, you know, instead right. of doing PSAs about drinking and driving or whatever, it was like you said at the time, let's, let's put some stories out there and tell some of these things and, and try to do something that'll make a difference. And so, yeah, that, that I think was a great idea on your part. So, well, and I think we, we have been able to help make a difference. I know that what's going on out in Arizona with mm -hmm. the Havasupe horses that, you know, we've, we've helped them bring, bring a, a wider awareness Absolutely. so much so that, you know, different groups are talking about it and it's, that's our job. You know, mm -hmm. that's our job as caretakers of horses is to, to make sure that we take care of them and don't let other people with other interests in mind. Mm-hmm that aren't for the out that aren't out there for the, you know, positive care of the horses, not have their messages, you know, get their messages quashed. The, the walking horse thing is absolutely, we did a big soaring panel on that this year and had a, had a flat shod Tennessee walking horse come in and we were able to do that presentation at the Kentucky horse park, kind of right in the deep, in the heart of you know, Kentucky, where this this kind of practice takes place. That mm -hmm. was a huge deal. Right, right. Mm. To have that conversation, to open that conversation. But then on the other hand, with our panels, we were able to have um, a panel with Yoshin Schlisa, who mm -hmm. does the saddle fitting. We had a bridal fitter, and now for next year, we're going to try to do both of them together with a farrier and a horse chiropractor, because these are the things that we as horse caregivers can can have control to help our horses to feel better and to to get, you know, to to correct things that could be wrong. So. Mm -hmm. So it's the entertainment side of things with the films, but it's also that that educational side of things, too. So. Um, that's that's pretty important. That's mm -hmm. an important part of it. So, and speaking of entertainment, if somebody wants to see the films and can't come oh. to the festival, you have a pretty special thing that they could do, don't you? 
Well, we sure do. We now have the Equus Film Channel, which is very, very cool. You can subscribe for $7.99 a month, which is pretty good to be able to get to see all these wonderful films. And we've now partnered, have, have a partnership with Amazon, too, for the films that we don't have on our platform. You can click right through right from our page and go and get to see or purchase film so so it's like the netflix for the horse horse community yeah yep we're trying to make sure that anybody who wants to see the work that's been created by our authors and our artists and our filmmakers is accessible that's really exciting yeah so what is your favorite i i I shouldn't even ask but (sighs) before you started all of this (laughs) did you have a favorite horse movie was there anything that stood out to you Oh, my, my very favorite was The Black Stallion. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. I'd heard you say that before, so yeah, that's why I, I asked that. <laughs> and Misty of Chincoteague. And I could watch Misty so many times. And we had that great Misty documentary um, two mm-hmm. years, three years ago, Wild Ponies of Chincoteague. Yeah. Or Wild Horses. And it, it that story never gets old. If you are lucky enough to sit down and spend the time to watch that film again from beginning to end you'll see the where grandpa bb knows natural horsemanship before yes. it was ever in vogue mm-hmm. you know he talked the, the way he talks to the kids about how to work with the pony and it's just it's i love watching that movie over and over again so oh, yeah and i have a there's a special place in my heart for the for the black stallion the horse the actor horse that's running down the beach and the little boys on his back is Cassolet and that's the great great grandfather of our horse Marley who's the mm-hmm. the Marley project is our nonprofit so yeah i've always loved that one so well yeah. and then we took the horse from the Mustang movie this year Mm-hmm. In little in our little spotlight rescue That's series, right. we did right. a little piece on him because he's a pretty famous horse, and he was in a show called Maceo and belonged to a friend of mine, Alicio Zope. Mm-hmm. And you did a nice little piece on that horse. Oh, thank you. That's another so, example, though, of it kind of coming around because mm-hmm. you had told me about that, but then in the meantime, I saw. Daphna Yakin's film, um, The Great Flip Off. Mm-hmm. And so saw Olicio as part of that and was just in awe of what he does and then was able to meet him at the World Equestrian Games because he was there with her for the screening of their film at, at the Equus Tour Stop. So it's like everything just kind of comes comes mm-hmm. around. So it's very right, cool. Right, right. And we're having fun doing it. Absolutely. Oh, Bruce and I are having a blast. So anytime you're organizing a tour stop, we're like, yeah, can we make it to that one? That would be fun. So well, that's, that's why I'm put, with pulling the schedule together for this year. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, already it's kind of it's filling up. OK, we're kind of busy. That's right. It's definitely filling up. And so how in the world do you have time to do anything with your own horse? Well, I, I try to ride my own horse at least six days a week, five to six days a week. Yeah, he, I have a Lusitano stallion, in case anyone doesn't know. His name's Urano. Mm-hmm. He's a big, gray, beastly, sexy-looking horse that I love to no end. And... Um, but we, we, you know, he's, we have a lot of fun, and I get, I get out to the barn 
every day except for Mondays because our barn's closed. And mm-hmm. then I go can go over and see our other horses. So, <laughs> right. So you do keep busy. I mean, every time I see something, you know, in the middle of the night, you're at 2 a.m., you're sending things out or doing whatever. So I don't know if you ever sleep. <laughs> I do. I do. I've actually been working really good on my sleep lately because that's one of the things they say you got to do your sleep well. There you go. And then you also have another member of your little personal herd. And I heard her in the background just a minute ago, Amore. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Amore's here with her sister, Lily. Uh They're both sitting down here and they're, they're looking at the door that I've got closed off going upstairs because the cat sits on the other side of the door and just watches the dogs knowing that, you know, they can't bother him, but he can lose the heck out of them. (laughs) Oh, well, they keep you sane, I'm sure. So, Hi, I'm Lisa Dearson, director of the Equus Film and Arts Fest. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, what what else would you like for people to know about the film festival? Well, I'm I'm happy that they're finally going to get a little taste of this podcast we've been talking about because I think they're all going to have such an amazing time listening to all of our interesting and eclectic group of filmmakers and artists and authors that we have. Oh, gathered throughout the years. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, we're talking, oh, I, we've had over six, 700 pieces of film entered into the festival since I started this. And wow. so it's just, there's just such an amazing selection of people to talk to. Mm-hmm. So you're going to, you, you and I are going to have a lot of fun. We are. We definitely are. Well, and I was really lucky while we were there in Kentucky this past um, festival, I was able to sit down with a bunch of people and we've got some interviews recorded already. We'll be doing some more, I'm sure. And um, I'm, I'm hoping that with each of these podcast episodes, you'll be able to give us updates on things that are happening or things that are coming up with the festival or, you know, sometimes even just things that we've seen in a film and we want to know what's going on. So it'll be a great right. way of keeping everybody posted, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. We have, the, oh, you, you can keep up with that on the website. Um, Horse Network, who we're partners with as well, we're their channel. Uh, they have um, they've been doing some really nice interviews with our filmmakers, so they'll you know anybody can check in the, the Horse Network and mm-hmm. check out a, a couple of our you know different filmmakers there as well. And we just uh, there's just so much fun stuff going on. Absolutely, it's a great time to be involved and to be be putting things out there it really is well it's the people have a lot more opportunity now to actually get the content that they create the way they want it they want to create it without people shutting them down and saying you can't do this or you can't do that mm-hmm. people are able to really put their heart and soul into their work and have their work be recognized and seen and shared now so more than any other time i think in in film history mm-hmm. well it, i mean it struck me early on um i don't even remember which film it was but uh, you know early on when 
we were at a tour stop, I remember you telling me, oh, you have to see so-and-so because it was shot completely on an iPhone. And so I thought, you know, somebody who can go to Mongolia and, and shoot an entire film on an iPhone, you know, it's the content that matters. And, you know, of course you want it to be, the cinematography needs to be great and all that too, but it it can be done. So, Right. Right. uh, Right. Exactly. And I think that I believe that film was the one I was telling you about was shot with uh, three girls did it in um, Iran, Iraq. Iraq. It was during the Taliban rule and they were they did a documentary about what it was like to live there. And they did the whole thing on their iPhones and they were able to get it smuggled out of the country and. Mm. It was a, just such a powerful documentary, but you know that's the power of film. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you for sharing it with all of us and for letting us share it with the rest of the world. I think it's pretty special. Well, I think so too, but I love my filmmakers. <laughs> I think the feeling's <laughs> mutual, believe me. This episode of the Equus Film and Arts Fest podcast is sponsored in part by Nature's View, The Marley Project, and JA Media Productions. To learn more about what we do, visit naturesview.com. Well, I guess we can tell some more of the fun and excitement next week, if that's okay with you. That, that's fine. We'll All talk right. to you later. That sounds great. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Julianne. It's a lot of fun. Pony on. Pony on. Tune in next week to hear more of Lisa's plans for 2020 and the film festival. You'll also hear more about the Equus Herd, including Diana DeRosa, co-organizer of the main event. Diana is a veteran equestrian journalist who has traveled the world and recorded history for over 30 years. Besides being a writer and photographer, she owns her own PR firm called PressLink PR. You'll also hear how Bruce Anderson and I became involved in the festival back in 2015 and the film projects that we've presented each year. We've been thrilled to be a part of the festival ever since. For more information about the Equus Film and Arts Fest, visit our website, equusfilmfestival.net. To see more of the Equus movies, visit the Equus Film Channel at filmfestivalflix.com. If you like the music you heard today in our intro and our closing, it's from a really great CD called Pony by Jane Baldinger and her family. Check out their music through a link on the EquusFilmFestival.net website. Pony is the name of the CD, and I hope you all will check it out. Jenny, please.